I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this episode is recorded, the Gubby Gubby people. I would also like to acknowledge the First Nations peoples and language groups across this entire nation in which conception, pregnancy and sacred motherhood knowledge has been shared. We pay our deepest respects to their elders past, present and emerging and further extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Hello, hello and welcome. You are listening to the Oxytocin Hour. I'm your host, Dana. I'm a midwife, mum of five and all-round oxytocin enthusiast. People are all too willing to share their negative experiences of conception, pregnancy, labour, birth and beyond. The Oxytocin Hour is your safe haven, filled with positive experiences from mums, dads, doulas, midwives and everyone in between. Each week we will release a new episode with the intent to uplift and inspire you. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Now, let's get into today's episode. This and every episode of the Oxytocin Hour is strictly for entertainment purposes and is not to be used as medical advice. Today's episode is about my breastfeeding journeys, or rather my feeding journeys with my children, all five of them. And instead of going into depth into each individual feeding journey, I'm going to sort of go over them all as a whole so you can sort of see who I am now as a mother in my 30s to who I was then as a first-time mother in my teens and then through my 20s as well. So let's go back to the beginning. When I was pregnant with my first child... I don't recall there even being breastfeeding classes that I could take at the hospital. So in that sort of realm of things or education, there was minimal education. All I remember was going to one of my antenatal appointments and the midwife saying to me, okay, like, you know how you have your pregnancy handheld record and they'll sort of tick and flick through everything. So she's like, okay, what are you wanting for your birth plan? I'm like, yeah, I want a vaginal birth, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, how are you planning on feeding your baby? I said, oh, I'm going to breastfeed. And she's like, oh, that's great. Fantastic. Like loves a midwife that supports breastfeeding, of course. However, and, and she was thrilled. Like she, I could genuinely see that she's like, oh, that's fantastic. Like you're, a, she didn't say it, but I knew it was because of my age and being a first time mum. my reaction was quite refreshing. I only know that now that I'm a midwife and I've experienced obviously speaking to, to hundreds of women about it. Uh, so yeah, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to breastfeed. She's like, oh, that's fantastic. Um, and nothing else sort of arose from that. Like, I don't recall having any other conversation. Like, okay, so from that, uh, shall we, you know, look at things that we can have in place or chat a little bit deeper about it, like how we can set you up for a successful breastfeeding journey? There was nothing to do with that. It was literally just like, okay, cool, you're going to breastfeed. Fantastic. Um, and sort of maybe putting a little bit of onus on the postnatal midwives that would be caring for me to assist with that. In my personal opinion, it is oftentimes not enough. It's usually not enough to just be like, okay, I've never breastfed before. I'm going to breastfeed. 
and let's just try it when I'm in the hospital for however long I'm in there postpartum. Not a good idea. In my opinion, you're really not giving yourself uh, the best head start. Well, it's not a head start at all. You're not giving yourself the best start because it's not very well thought out, very well planned. Just like I always say to people, it's so great to have more education on what sort of care you want during your pregnancy before you're pregnant. Same as with breastfeeding. Like, can we not wait until you've got a two day old baby and be like, oh shit, this is actually quite difficult. I need help and have no idea about anything to do with breastfeeding. So yeah. So I had him and when he was born, he was not really interested in the boob. Like I thought that he would just latch on immediately, but that did not happen. I offered the breast in the birth suite and I've got photos of him like attempting to have a latch, even though he wasn't even that interested. I have my mum who had breastfed four babies and one of my sisters that had breastfed and was still breastfeeding four children assisting me so the midwife wasn't really doing any doing anything and I think that's a good thing because she could see that I was getting good support but anyway so I'm just like oh trying to latch him on he's just like he'd latch on but like really weakly and then not even make any sucking effort so that was really not great so we we were taken up to the ward and then I would like still attempt to breastfeed him, but I wasn't having like great success. So I would buzz and the midwife would come in and be like, Hey, I'm like, I need breastfeeding assistance. And she was like, Oh, okay. And she'd try and she's like, Oh, I think you probably need to speak with or have a session with our lactation consultant midwife. And I was like, yeah, cool. Can you get her? So she came into the room. It, visiting hours were now over. So my mum was gone. And it was just really like not massively informative. It was very brief. It was very rushed. I know what it's like on both sides of the coin now, like from being a client in the hospital to actually being someone that works there. And I understand how much they're under the pump. They literally cannot give you majority of the time sufficient amount of support that you need. So I'm just like, okay, how do I do it? She'd, she'd get him latched on and he wouldn't be sucking great, but she's like, oh yeah, that's fine. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So very, very poor start to my breastfeeding journey. Um, I didn't even know how to swaddle him. I had to buzz for a midwife and she was like, yeah, because it was Christmas Eve. Well, now it was, you know, midnight on Christmas morning and I'm like, I need help. I don't even know how to wrap my baby. And they're like, oh, oh, okay. But they're like busy having a little Christmas supper. Anyway, <laughs> in retrospect, you know, retrospect is a beautiful thing because I can critique everything and just feel like that was crap. But anyway, it is what it is. So I was discharged the next day. Like not like I hadn't even given birth 24 hours. It was like 20 hours earlier. I went home and I was living with my mum at the time or my parents and I received a lot of support from my mum and my two sisters with breastfeeding. Had I not had them, I really don't know how my journey would have been. Also, I had such an open mind because I didn't even 
I, it honestly didn't even cross my mind that I, there's a possibility that A, breastfeeding could be tricky or B, I may not be able to breastfeed. I was just, and I really want to stress the importance of your psyche when it comes to pretty much anything in life. But, you know, particularly in this case with breastfeeding, I see a lot of women in antenatal clinic that will come in and you'll say, okay, how are you planning to feed your baby? And they would say, well, I would like to breastfeed if I can. And it's always and if I can. And I always think, oh, I really want to challenge you to restructure your thought process because I know you're saying that as a protective mechanism for in case you can't, but it's leaving massive room for you to be like, it's okay if I can't. And then I feel like at the slightest inconvenience or the slightest little bit of um, showing that it it might be a struggle for you or it may not be happening, you could be very quick to be like, that's okay. That's okay. I, I, I can't do it, but I tried my best. So look, I just... Uh, yeah, I really want to challenge people with the thought process of like, can we just sort of get a little bit more confident and really, um, yeah, try to set yourself up better with, with your psyche. So yeah, so I'm at home and yeah, still having a little bit of tru- troubles, especially with one breast. So it's very common for you to have a struggle with one breast because, you know, if you're right-handed, it may be easier to hold your baby cradle them in your right arm and then when it's the other side you're like oh this feels awkward um that was a learned thing and I can say like with my hand on my heart once you get the hang of it it like is not difficult (laughs) you will get better at it and I always say to mums when especially first time mums it's like you're learning this for the first time and your baby is learning this for the first time so just cut yourselves a little bit of slack and just try to relax as best you can and we'll just troubleshoot. So I utilize the Australian Breastfeeding Association's um, helpline, which is available 24-7. They have breastfeeding counsellors on call and I believe the number is 1300 mum, then the number two and then mum. So one eight one eight hundred or one three hundred. For some reason, I feel like it's one three hundred, but you should probably double check. I, I'll put it in the show notes. But anyway, so you ring that number, and I just had, I was in tears. I think when my milk came in because there was a massive amount of milk, and I didn't have a breast pump, and I could not hand express because I just felt like my breast was so tender and it was so sore. Um, so my ex-partner had to go down to like a 24-hour chemist and buy like a manual breast pump and it helped massively but I think I expressed off like 250 mils in literally like a matter of minutes and yeah I had to call the Australian Breastfeeding Association and just feel like I'm struggling and they were a really really massive help as well Not once when I went to the child health nurse did I receive much breastfeeding advice, accurate advice, or um, any additional like referrals or anything. It was like, oh, just keep going how you're going. I felt like, and I can say this honestly, 
especially when I look back and knowing what I know now, that there was a lot of passing the buck. And that does happen a lot as well. Like, if it's not you, you know, as a GP, you would sort of be like, oh, you need to see a child health nurse. The child health nurse is like, oh, you're doing okay, but if you need help, go see the GP or go, you know, well, they didn't recommend a lactation consultant, but they bloody should have. Anyway, so he was pooing a lot of like foamy poos and I didn't realize this, but he was getting a lot of four milk and not much of hind milk. Um, again, didn't really know what I was doing. I was just, I tried the best that I could, but it probably took me a good two months to really get the hang of breastfeeding. So the whole point of me even, you know, putting this podcast out there is because I want people to understand that it can take a while and that's okay. Like, I don't even want to say that it's hard. It's just like, you may need to troubleshoot some stuff just like with your birth it may just go 100% smoothly and and there's no deviations or you might need assistance with a little bit of things and that's okay so I got the hang of it and I ended up breastfeeding him until just before his third birthday which was fantastic I we did use a dummy but I didn't introduce it until he was about six weeks old which is pretty late um, and he took the dummy and he, and it did not affect his latching at the breast at all. He also had had bottles with expressed breast milk. So he was exclusively, uh, breast milk fed. He would just need a bottle if I was doing something. So if I was going to go out for a little while, breast milk, and I think he took it okay. And again, he didn't get any sort of nipple confusion with the the bottle teat or my nipple or the dummy I think because I did get that breastfeeding better established so that was great uh he had never had a drop of formula in his life he didn't need to but I can see how people that have very little breastfeeding support particularly if you have a mum that hasn't breastfed and has that mentality of, oh, like it's all the same. It doesn't matter. Just give them a bottle. And that could be with formula. Um, I can see how it could be very easy to just go and give them formula. And I'm not, I'm not demonizing formula at all. But if you want to breastfeed, it's not helping to have people say, it's okay, you can give formula. Not at this point, not until you've troubleshot what you're actually having an issue with. If you've done all those things and explored all those different options, tried to fix them, and mentally you're like, no more. I've tried absolutely everything. I've gotten all the support. I feel confident that I've given it my best shot. Then you can go on to, yeah, like other things like, uh, donor milk, donor expressed milk, or yeah, formula feeding. So there's lots of different options there as well. Anyway, so breastfed him very easily weaned because he was a happy, healthy boy. At that point, I was pregnant with my second baby. 
and I needed to stop breastfeeding Max at during the pregnancy because my nipples were so tender they were so sore and I was just like can you please just give me a little bit of a break <laughs> mummy's mummy's nipples really hurt and he was like okay and so he just he was so fantastic and wasn't yeah I just it just felt really regimented and like a little bit separated from I didn't feel like I just eased into motherhood from the healthcare system it's just like okay yep you're good off you go so I breastfed her for two and a half years and then she was a little bit oh she was a little bit easier to wean but I couldn't say to her it hurt because she did not care <laughs> I had to put tape on my nipples and I was like oh look mummy's nipples are sore and she's like ew like I don't want those put them away so that was that I was pregnant with my third baby and then when I had the third baby she breastfed absolutely like now this was just getting easier and easier with each child although it wasn't without its challenges so with Max, it was like latching issues and just me having difficulty with breastfeeding off one particular breast and all that sort of stuff. With the second, I was dealing with silent reflux uh, and, you know, possible food allergies or intolerances. With the third baby, she was really tiny. She was the tiniest of all my babies. And she had a, an upper lip tie which was quite tight. The pediatrician had a look at it and she's like, she's definitely got a lip tie. If you can make do with feeding her, like I guess you could just leave it. And I would just have to shape my nipple. I think being a seasoned breastfeeding mum at that point, that's how I succeeded with our breastfeeding uh, journey without having to um, correct her tie. So that was a bit of a challenge as well, but she, she loved a boob. She loved boobs more than food for a very, very long time. In fact, she would probably still breastfeed if I let her at this age because she just loved it so much. Um, so that was a really nice journey. So I was still feeding her when I fell pregnant with the fourth. Again, really sore nipples, very, very tender. She was three and a bit years old. And I was like, okay, we need to stop. And she was like, okay. Like she was happy to stop, which was fantastic. Had the fourth baby again, latching on fantastically. I don't actually think we had any breastfeeding challenges. What a, that was quite nice. He just never slept that kid, but, um, our feeding went really well. Uh, so that was a really nice journey. And I fed, fed, fed him until I was pregnant with the fifth baby. And then I, because this was my closest age gap, so he was about 18 months, oh, how old was he actually, when I fell pregnant with Kelly? Yeah, he must have been about 18 months old. So I fell pregnant and I was like, I'm not going to stop feeding him because for me, he was too young. For him, he, like there was no signs of him wanting to stop feeding. And you need to remember that breastfeeding is is a relationship. So if he was really off it and wanted to stop, I would have to respect that and be like, okay, I'm not done with our feeding journey, but he is. So let's wind this up or vice versa. I do feel like 
if the mother is super, super, super tapped out and you've explored all the sort of mental, emotional, um, physical aspects of it and you're just so done, well, then that's when you need to compromise and be like, okay, maybe we should end this journey. Um, and how can we do that gently? Anyway, so nipples hurt yet again, hormones, all the things. And I was just like, no, you can keep feeding. <laughs> but oh my goodness, I had a really, really, really severe breastfeeding aversion. And I I was obviously a midwife at this point, And I, I didn't really know a great deal about aversion because we're good with breastfeeding up until six weeks. But beyond, we are not experts in that. In fact, I don't even know if I would say that a midwife is an expert at breastfeeding alone. I've heard some really, really, really crap advice <laughs> given by midwives to women. So lactation consultant would be my number one recommendation if you're having any sort of issue, even engaging with one during your pregnancy. Please, for the love of God, like... I want you to have a successful breastfeeding journey because it is truly, I know when I'm like super, super old one day, I will look back at this time of my life and be like, shit, that was hard, of course, because life can be, but oh my gosh, it was amazing. Like it was amazing. And I just, I really want other women to feel that feeling. And so I just want you to be as prepared as possible. Um, get that education up. Go to a breastfeeding class or classes before you have a baby, please. You and your partner, because um, you'll both retain maybe different types of information and it could really come in handy when you're at home at three o'clock in the morning with this cranky baby. Um, so yeah, anyway, I persevered through this extreme aversion. I, I would feed him and he'd begin feeding and I'd just have to be like, nah, can you hop off now? So after two minutes, I need a break because it was just this overwhelming, just like ick. It just gave me the ick. Anyway, I didn't freak out about it. I was like, this can be really normal. So let's just go with the flow. And so I went on and then had this last baby fed not not ever did i have a fresh newborn baby that wanted to be on the breast as much as she did she was on it gosh she was on me for like an hour and a half to two hours after she was born and we were still in the pool but i gave her to beau and i was like here have a cuddle because i just wanted him to and she loved the skin to skin, but then she was still searching for the breast on him. So then I was like, oh, let me get out of the pool because I just wanted to get out by that point. Hopped on the couch. He hopped on the couch next to me. And she was still rooting around. I'm like, give her back. And she was straight on the boob for hours until I had my shower. Like she loved it. So this is when I commenced my tandem feeding journey. So my very first time breastfeeding two children at once and I mean to be honest it was baby number four and five it was pretty much a breeze I just had to position her properly on one side I designated breasts I I spoke to a friend that's a lactation consultant and I said to her should I designate breasts or should they share she's like well technically 
you you might have one gigantic boob and one smaller boob or whatever so to share would probably be better to even the load however from a germ perspective i was like because he was going to daycare at the time he was two and a bit he was like two and three months or something um i was like hell no he needs a designated boob so he had lefty she had righty and we did that for far out a pretty long time until I winged him just this past Anzac day. He had his very last breastfeed and I, I, there's a photo shoot with it as well, which I might include, um, on my Instagram. So you probably would have clicked on the photo and seen that I've released this episode and that was beautiful. He was three and a half so he turns four this September so my longest breastfeeding baby I dare say Callie might be the longest because there won't be another one to (laughs) hog the boob once she gets a bit older so um yeah it was challenging having two babies and with the sicknesses I think the most in terms of breast size there wasn't really much of a difference Um, because I think he was just like, oh, she's feeding again. Well, then I'm feeding again. So he was having bulk amount of boobies. Um, and it all just went really well. So not one of my babies was supplemented with formula. Um, and that was something that was really important for me as well. Like I just, I wanted my babies to have breast milk and I was pretty adamant that that was going to happen. I never found myself in a massive predicament where I was like oh crap like maybe I'm gonna have to use formula it was never really like that I just kind of worked my way around it I had plenty of expressed breast milk in the freezer so if ever I had to rush off for something like something with work or milk was spilt or something there would always be spare so Bo wouldn't have to revert to using anything else plus I didn't have any formula in the house And I feel like a lot of people do that as well. What is it saying to your psyche when you're like, oh, I want to breastfeed if I can. And you've gone out and you've bought a tin of formula just in case. Like you're doing all these things that are sort of setting you up for failure, to be honest, because it's like, oh, well, I've just got a tin right here. But if I didn't have the tin at home, I'd be like, oh, well, I've got some express breast milk and it, I just feel like it sort of, it just really supports you. That's all. I would love to do an episode with a lactation consultant and I've got many friends that are, which is amazing. Um, absolute godsends, so, so knowledgeable. And I would love to speak even more about breastfeeding, but that is my journey. So right now, um, in my thirties, I'm still breastfeeding. (laughs) I have been breastfeeding for, I've been pregnant and breastfeeding um, consistently, like with no breaks for 15 years now. And I'm just like, I'm doing good. (laughs) I'm hanging in there. So if you haven't yet had your baby, I strongly urge you to do breastfeeding education before you have your baby. Even just have at least one consult with a lactation consultant before and be like, look, I really want to breastfeed. I want to have a plan set up. So I'm like, just going to feed this baby. Um, You'll create a plan. And then maybe when you have your baby, if there's any challenges, you can have another consultation with her 
and you know troubleshoot and just have proper support because I tell you what there is not much fantastic support out there um, that is just presented to you you have to find it so um, and you've also got the Australian Breastfeeding Association number as well which I'll drop below I might also in the show notes pop in a few handles of some lactation consultants that I speak to regularly that I think are fantastic um, and what was I saying? Yeah, still, still breastfeeding now. Um, and it's great. I love it. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to share the love or get in contact with us for feedback or a chance to be a guest on the show, you can contact us at www.daisy.com.au. That's www.daisy.com.au or on our Instagram at the oxytocin hour, all one word. I appreciate you taking the time to tune in and I hope you've gained something positive from listening. Until next time.